So now, let us take a moment to let that video sink in, and then slowly let it flush out of your mind, and forget about it for now. So, I have to start with, sorry mom, I did not bring a note card, or, or plan a written, written speech. And I know you're expecting much, but I'll still give you what I got. <laughs> um, I guess what I have to start out with is um, <laughs> I started out this uh, youth group. It was actually my first year was Dan's first year, which I didn't go to the first camp Dan went to. I heard that was interesting, but it is kind of an interesting going through these seven years um, and just learning, starting out from being the small fry sixth grader that everyone picks on, and you always look up to everyone and, and model yourself after them, to now being the big one that everyone looks up to, and you set an example. Um, so it's it's a great change. But throughout these years, I've just it's kind of like I've grown and understanding how God has spoken to me. I guess I'll start when I was young. Way young. No, I'm just kidding. It'll, it'll go through quick. It was like one of those things where when I was a kid, like five years old, I don't even remember doing it, but apparently it was like the, I want to get saved, walk the aisle, pray the prayer, got baptized. And I was like, later on in life, I'm like, what, what was I doing? And continuing on life, just, oh, yeah, People say I'm saved, I'm saved, whatnot, going through, whatnot. And then it was probably the couple camps in, because it is, it is one of those camp. you get to camp, every, all the distractions are gone, and you just focus on God, and it really hits you. And you'd be like, yeah, God, woohoo!" and then you get back, and everything kind of fades, which I am glad that I was always in the youth and had Dan help me hanging, hanging on, so I didn't just completely go away. But it was probably two years ago, three, where it started where it, it kind of hit, and I was like, ah, oh, I should tell someone, get talk to someone. But it was one of those, it just I said it, and it just didn't sit right. I was always like, oh, man, what? I don't know. And it wasn't until the next year I talked to, it kind of like, I don't even remember what Josh was talking about. But it just kind of just went ding. And I was like, something's not right. I need to, I need to talk to someone. I, I gotta, it, uh, it's just not sitting right with me. So I went back. And, of course, you're always afraid because you don't know who you're going to talk to and whatnot. And it was Josh LaFamina La that I went to. And I had no idea who this guy was. So I was kind of nervous because I was like, in, in my mind, I'm like, I'm going to find someone I know. But then it was one of those things where I guess it was God speaking to me, just saying, no, just walk back there. And whoever walks to you and takes you, that's who I want you to talk to. So I never knew Josh LaFamina from anywhere else. He came to help out. And literally it was like he knew exactly what I was going through and, and just clicked. And after that it was like, it was just someone understood, and, and at that, people say, 
it's like everything is just off your shoulders. It, it just clicked. And I was just like, I understand now. And so going through after that point, being junior, senior, it's been so many things I've noticed God just throwing in and whatnot. And being able to hang out with friends like David and Elizabeth and all you, to be able to just worship God together and to be able to just be a light to people. And growing up this summer, I have to say one thing, a few teenage words of wisdom, um, is one thing is don't get too busy going through life. You know, I guess a lot of people, it's like, what do you want to be when you grow up? I don't know. I'm just trying to get through high school. But when you grow up, you start kind of getting to where you're like, I want to do this. I want to do that. And, and you start focusing on that, getting to it. And you get, you get to the point where you're so, you're so busy doing it. Just like, I just got to get this. I got to do that. And then like something will pop up like, Hey, we're doing a D now. We're, we're camps this summer. And you're like, ah, I can't do it. I got these classes. I'll just, I'll go to it next time. And it was definitely a God thing this summer. Cause I was just like, Oh, I just got to get all my classes to, go to college and, and I'll be set going on what I want to do. And it was one of those things, just <laughs> classes dropped. I'm like, what am I going to do? I got to find more classes. How's it going to go? And then my dad says, Hey, there was that New York trip that we weren't going to go on. Cause you had classes. And what, what would you, what do you think about going to that? And it literally was just like, that is God. There's no other reason that it would just fall through the cracks. Wouldn't know what to do. And then all of a sudden, the New York trip pops up. Because it was one of those things we wanted to go, and then they were like, oh, no, we, we can't do it. You'll have classes, whatnot. And then it just pops up, and I'm like, that has to be a God thing. That has to be a God thing. So it's, it's very important going through life. Take time to stop and think. Stop thinking about all the things you got to do to get through life, to, to get to that next thing. And to focus on God and think, what does God want me to do with my life? Or if something happens, not to freak out and be like, crap, now I got to do this or I got to do that. Oh, no, what's going to happen? But to the pause and think, is this God steering me, closing this door that I want to go through so badly, but he just closes it. And instead of trying to bang through that door, just knocking on it, trying to get through to stop and think. Do I need to be going this way or should I take a step back and look at all my options and see where God really wants me to go? And so that's one of the things I have to say. Um, not much more, but also one of the things it was in Proverbs. I was just looking up, you know, everyone in youth. I was like, you know, we should be all um, together, brothers, sisters in Christ, whatnot. And so I looked it up. In Proverbs, it was uh, Proverbs eighteen twenty four. It was just a random verse I looked up, and it just was like, that's an interesting. But it says, there are, well, also my mind says, there are friends, in quotation marks, who destroy each other. But real friends stick closer than a brother. And it was something I just randomly looked up and was like, oh, yeah, whatnot. But it kind of, it kind of like clicked. I realize that's a, a great verse for high schoolers to think on because 
so many kids you just go to class with and whatnot, and you, you, you pick up friends and whatnot. And I had a couple friends like that where you're like, yeah, I'm just going to hang out with that person. I feel comfortable hanging out with that person. But it's like, are they really the person you should hang out with that will lead you down the right path? And so it's one of those things to just look at each other and, and see who it is in here and to seek other Christian uh, high schoolers, friends, middle schoolers, just godly people that are seeking after God and to just make friendships there to talk to one another and, and just seek not really guidance, but just friendship and help from one another and to just make sure you don't get too caught up with high school friends that are uh, just going through high school loss, not knowing what they're doing and let them drag you away. Cause I know it's so, I mean, it was easy for me. I was always like, I don't, I don't want to share. I don't, I don't want to do anything. You know, I'm, I'm afraid to share. What are they going to say? And then you get comfortable like, Oh, Hey, I, I kind of like you. They're not the most godly, godliest person to hang around. And as well, it's one of those, your reputation. You don't want to get so comfortable hanging out with them. You're just like, oh, yeah, you're cool. I'm going to hang out with you. Because also, people around you look. They see, oh, yeah, he hangs out with them. And then you're like, oh, yeah, I'm a Christian. And then they go, are you really? I saw you hanging out with that person. That person's not really Christian. So it's careful. But I don't say just completely run away from those people. Be like, shun you. I don't like you. But to just not get pulled down by ungodly friends, but also, more importantly, seek Christianly friends and then bring those people in to invest in them so that they don't drag you down, but you lift them up. And as well, as we went through in Timothy, my last thing I want to say is in First Timothy, I believe it's First Timothy, no, is in Second Timothy. No, it is in First Timothy. There was a, there was a Second Timothy of the all scriptures God read, um, but it's more uh, yes. First Timothy four, twelve. Don't let anyone think less of you because you are young. Be an example to all believers in what you say, in the way you live, in your love, your faith, in your purity. And that is an important thing. Again, going through high school, I was always like, oh. I don't. I don't want to share. I'm. I'm afraid. I'm. I'm too young. I. Sh- I shouldn't. I, I'll let someone else do it. You know, someone will be braver than I. But to not get too scared. To remember, you are a Christian no matter what, and we are called to share the light and to be disciples, and to not let people get you down. Because honestly, it is one of the things that that does hit me hard, and always thinks is you get you get too caught up with the with like popularity. Oh, they'll think less of me. I won't be as popular. But then you stop and think there's someone in some African country where they're like, if you're even, if you even mention any version of Christ's name or anything, we're going to kill you, kill your family and everything else. And you stop and think I'm in America, land of the free, where we have the freedom to say whatever we want. So what if someone calls you a bad name? Cause you talk about Christ. I mean, it's it's one of those puts in perspective, like, how much worse it is in other places. And where we are, we can freely just walk up to someone and be like, hey, do you know Jesus? And the worst they could probably do is just look at us funny. So 
I want to leave off with just keep living for Christ, keep searching for Christ, and don't be afraid to share. And also, I have to say, one thing that is I, I believe is showing that we are definitely a Christ-following group is this uh, disciple, disciple now, or uh, one-on-one discipleship I've seen. Because um, it popped up when, after that one camp, and afterwards, because of the, the fade that camp has, I was like, I don't want this to just fade back into everyday life. And I think my sister was going through it, and she mentioned, and I was like, what is this? I want to I do this. And so I started in the one-on-one discipleship just because I didn't want to go back into a regular routine and then just get and forget and not be in, be in the Word and, and sharing. And after that, I noticed more and more people in the youth group deciding to do it. And I honestly think it's a, an amazing thing, all the youth that are finding that important to do the one-on-one discipleship, to take initiative and everything. So I want to commend you and say, if you are thinking about it, if if maybe you're just kind of going through the motions and you're like, I want to do more, think about doing that. And honestly, it would be amazing if Celebration was the leading youth in in sharing the ministry and sharing the gospel. It would be an amazing thing to have so many God-believing people just communing and sharing. And honestly, I just thank you for being such a good youth group that I've been able to grow up with and share memories with. So I thank you for that. All right, Lauren, come on down, Lauren Cook. still hear me even though that's really high up i'm too afraid to touch it okay so um okay hi i'm lauren um i was also here dan's first year so it's kind of cool getting to you know see the dramatic changes of this year group this youth group over the years and um i gotta say it's gotten a lot bigger like (laughs) in a a good way but intimidating way um anyways (laughs) um Okay, I'm going to be honest with y'all. For some odd reason, I don't normally share my testimony. It's not um, it's not what I'm comfortable with. But for some odd reason, God wants me to share it because he's, he's gotten so many people in the past few weeks to convince me to try to share it. And it, it took everything I had to finally say, okay, God. So as um, short and sweet as I can keep it, about four years ago, I was um, – I didn't know it was depression at the time, but I was, I was dealing with depression – you know, as most of us do in one point in our lives. And I just, it was like I was convincing myself that I was in love with God and in love with myself, but I wasn't. Because if, if I can't love myself, how can I love God? You know, you, and if I, if I don't love God, how can I love myself? How can I love others? You can't say you love somebody if you don't love God. You don't know what it is. So anyways, um, I kind of started going down the wrong path. I started, um, getting caught up in a lot of things that I should not have been caught up in. I was doing things to myself that I shouldn't have been doing. And um, as it got worse and worse, I, and my family knows this, I talk to them about it a lot. Um, 
I was like in and out of relationships because I just wasn't in the word and I was trying to fill all that emptiness with, you know, relationships and, you know, just stuff like that, stuff that's not that important, by the way, for all you girls. It's not important at all. Um, <laughs> and it just, you know, obviously it, it didn't work out. Like, just relationship after relationship that was ending, I felt like, you know, nobody liked me. Like, not even as a friend, not even as, you know, a fellow Christian youth group student. I always felt like that one that got left behind. I always felt like that one that um, no one really had fun with. And it eventually got to the point where one day I decided I was going to throw in the towel. That's really hard for me to say. <laughs> and um, I'm not going to lie. I uh, was heading home that day. And I already had it in my mind what I was going to do, how I was going to do it. And then God just swooped in at school that day. Um, I'm not going to lie. Most of you know that, you know, I'm with Darren. Um, for some odd reason, because I felt like the one thing that God did not want me to be in again was in a relationship. I was done with relationships. I didn't want anything to do with them. I didn't want, I didn't want to be with anyone again. And that was the day that, um, Darren had told me that he, you know, wanted to be with me. And I was just kind of like, well, okay. You know, I'm going to go home and think on it. I, I don't really, you know, I'm, I don't know right now. So I went home and I prayed and I told my mom and I talked to her about it. And for some odd reason, that's just what God used um, to get me back on track. So as the years went on, I slowly started gaining my confidence. I, you know, got help. I started talking to Dan. I talked to my, my cousin Catherine back there in the back. <laughs> she was my rock. She was the one who um, kept me going when I needed her. So I'm trying to get it back to the good mood. <laughs> so then as high school got around, I, I started fading off again. Like I, I wasn't dealing with that much depression anymore. I, um, I was pretty much well over that, but I, I still wasn't living for God. There was still definitely some stuff that I had to clean up. And um, this is where a piece of advice comes in that I want to give you guys. Have a really close relationship with your parents, with your siblings, with your youth pastor, with anyone at the church, because um, I'm not going to lie, I did have friends at school, and you can, you can trust friends, but your family is the one that's going to be there literally all the time, like all the time. And my mom was someone that I had as an um, accountability partner, and... We, we did everything together. I told her, like, pretty much everything that went on in my life. And it was, like, the biggest help that I ever had in my life. L to be honest, I didn't really, after I had my mom and after I had my Aunt Mimi and Catherine and all them, I didn't really need friends. I mean, yeah, they're nice to have, but I didn't have to have them to be happy. So, um, as I started going through high school, I just noticed that, like, here's another piece of advice, drama. <laughs> Just, I know it, why, I don't know. I know it seems fun in middle school, but it, it's really, just don't. <laughs> just really don't. Um, I was, like, caught up in a lot of drama because, of course, that was another way that we try to get attention and try to make ourselves feel better. And um, 
when I got into high school, I, I made the decision when I got back with Christ that I was just going to get out of the drama altogether. That was like one thing I was going to eliminate. And so when I did, I noticed a whole lot got better. It was, it was just um, me getting rid of friends that I didn't need to be with anymore because I was just being conformed to the way of their life. It was me um, choosing to go to the right activities after school, like extracurricular activities and stuff like that. Normally I would, you know, um, hang out with friends that I shouldn't be hanging out with, like I've said, and that, of course, doesn't lead to really fun things to do after school. I mean, all they want to do is hang around. But anyways, um, so once I got new friends, of course, me and David started becoming closer, and then I met Bella, both of them, and, <laughs> and then Elizabeth, and I, I tried to start getting more involved with the people in the youth group because I knew that they were, you know, first of all, from all the youth events, a great hang, so... <laughs> I thank you guys for being there for me for that, especially you, Corbin, and, you know, and, um, anyways, especially what I've noticed, um, this year in high school is not only to have those accountability partners, but physical appearance does not matter, you guys. That was the biggest thing that I had trouble with this year was physical appearance and, honestly, popularity. Like, I, I was never, like, really that popular, like, not a lot of people know me. But I was, I was always, like, dying to be, like, with some of the popular kids, with some of the ones who were known by everybody, even, like, not on good standards. I just wanted to be known. So it really, really does not matter. Like, especially in a worldly perspective, like, it's just not worth it in the end. Especially when you graduate. I mean, like, if, if you end up, you know, being caught up in that, in high school and then you graduate and everybody's gone, what then? I mean, like, you're not going to have those friendships anymore. So um, my last piece of advice for you guys is, is to just, you know, enjoy high school. Like, don't think of it as a, as a big bum where you just have to do all this work and you, you know, have to do all these things to, to make everybody proud, which, you know, that would be nice. But you don't have to give up your social life. You don't have to give up your happiness to make the world happy. It's just not worth it. Do, do things to make yourself happy and then do things that you should be doing at the same time and just stay in the word, guys. It's, if, if you don't have a hold on it before you get in high school, it's harder. But if you're in the middle of high school and you're not in the word, it doesn't get any easier as you go along at all. So uh, I just want to say thank you guys for also being a good youth group to me. I, I really enjoyed this youth group this year. It was really fun to hang out with you guys and uh, thanks all right miss elizabeth parker come on down well all i can say is no matter what he tells you speaking in front of five thousand people is a lot less intimidating than speaking in front of 50 people that i could affect like a lot because yeah <laughs> so I just have like a couple pointers for y'all. Um, first of all, never ever doubt Dan's ability to have Star Wars references and never try and stop that either. Get some Star Wars shirts, watch the movies, do anything you can and that'll bring you closer to Dan. Um, second, uh, <laughs> um, you are never too busy to get in the Word. There's a lot of excuses that you can make. 
there's a lot of excuses that I've made. But when you look at your life, even if you spent, say you spent 12 hours at a track meet, what were you doing at the track meet? You could have just brought your Bible with you and opened it up and got into the Word. There's time in every person's day to get into the Word. And it's, since it's so important, uh, that's something that you should do every day. Third, service. Serving is very important also because um, I served in the nursery for the past four years. And it's been super helpful in creating relationships with other adults. And you can serve in any way. Like, you can go to the soup kitchen and help serve. I know that that's very beneficial to a lot of people in our community. You can serve um, in the edge just by playing in band. You're helping the other younger people to um, get closer to God. You can serve uh, by going to the, the food ministry and seeing the people in our community that are, they have less than us, and you can get kind of a picture of like how, um, how much your life is really, uh, how well it's going. Um, so yeah, serve. Also go on mission trips or go to camp. Just get involved in any way possible. I went to the New York mission trip and even if um, there wasn't that many people that I would say that we truly touched but the ones that we did, they were so powerful just to see those people being touched by our walking around and knocking doors and asking if they wanted a Bible. So go on mission trips. Go to camp. Um, interact with other people your age at camp. It's a pretty fun thing to do, too. So um, yeah, have fun during the lip syncs. Have fun during all the events at camp, but don't forget the true focus of camp, it's on God. And don't forget that this is an um, opportunity for you to create bonds between other people. Also, something that I probably am lacking is an accountability partner. Find somebody that you can be accountable for. Find somebody that you can be accountable for and that they can be accountable to you. Um, that's super important, because if you don't have that person, then you might just like leave your Bible for three weeks in the dust and nobody would know and so it's like you feel okay about it because nobody knows, it's just you. But it's truly very, very important to have these people in your lives that you can look up to. Um, also, just y'all need to know that God has a plan for you, even if you're in sixth grade. Even if you're, in, even if you're a little baby, God has a plan for you. Um, personally, I was at youth camp one year, and um, God first started leading me to show him show his plan for me. Uh, there was a speaker, and he spoke about India and the sexual trafficking trafficking in India, and I was like, "That's something that deeply affects me, and I think I want to help stop that." So. I was like 13, 14, I don't, really, I don't really remember what age, but all I knew is that God wanted me to go to India. So then I was like, so I'm going to India, eventually in the future, probably not in the next year or so because I was still a minor. But uh, so I knew that God wanted me to go to India. And so I was like, okay, God, show me how do, how do you want me to affect these people? How do you want me to interact with these girls who literally have 
nothing. And so through the next year, God showed me that he wanted me to become a doctor. So I was like, okay, so I'm going to be a doctor then. So then I kept, so God showed his plan for me, and I was lucky in that. I, I don't have, still have some doubts about, like, what my degree will be, but I know where I will be in the future. I know I'll be going on the mission field. Maybe it, his plan will change for me, and I'll go to somewhere else besides India, but he wants me to, mis- to be a missionary, and I know that. And uh, it's really important that you know that God does have a plan for you. You aren't just sitting here listless waiting for something to happen. You can start praying. You can start getting into the word. You can start talking to other people. Just make sure that you never lose touch with God and that you never stop realizing the true power of um, what Jesus did when he died on the cross. And it's also important to spread the word. If you just keep it to yourself, then you aren't really going to, uh, it's just, that's not kind of selfish because the gift of Jesus, of God's son, is so, it's so powerful that it should be um, given to everybody. You shouldn't be afraid to tell other people about that because it is the most impactful thing in your life. Um, Finally, just make sure you get good grades in school and maybe you can become valedictorian too. All right, David Moeller, come on down. My name is David Moeller. I talk like this all the time. <laughs> that was a joke. Um, Stephen, being home, punched me in the neck so I wouldn't be able to talk, hoping I wouldn't be able to share my testimony. Didn't work. God will provide. I'll be okay. I'm just kidding. That's not what happened. Um, I'm going to start swinging straight out the gate. Um, Elizabeth was right. God has a plan for you, but not everybody's going to know what it is leaving high school. I have no idea what I'm doing. Thank you, Stephen. I understand now. Okay. I have no idea what I'm doing right now, but I know that God's holding me in his hand and he will have the best for me. And there's no reason for any of you to fret because if you're a child of God, he loves you and he has you. Just remember that. Um, Thanks, bud. Um, I'm going to share my testimony and then I have three really important things I'd like to say. Um, I should stop saying. um, Going through high school was probably when my Christian walk really started. I've been in church a very long time, uh, about as long as I can remember. I know not my whole life, but still. Um, freshman, I vividly remember being a part of this youth group. I think I've been in since seventh grade. don't remember exactly. Um, freshman year, I remember truly coming to love Christianity and loving God and loving this youth group, loving church. And um, as... As the years progressed, I lost sight of what was truly important. I was all about being funny and being witty and well-dressed, and I wanted people to say, oh, that's that David kid. He's so cool. But I realize now that that was a very tainted viewpoint to have. Um, Ending my sophomore year, I also went into a a depression, and I didn't know what it was at the time. Like Lauren said, it was hard to label. Um, That continued all the way through my junior year, 
and uh, into probably the summer after. Um, it was fueled by a very small temper and very hot rage and um, bad anxiety and just a will to always have my way and all of those things coupled with a world that doesn't like to give you exactly what you want is not a good melting pot. Um, during that time of my depression, I became heavily agnostic where I was deeply convinced that there was no way for any human on this earth to have any idea what was after this life. And I think a lot of us deal with that, even at this young age. It's very, very hard to have a certainty in Christ. And um, I can't even say that I was, after my depression, fully relying on Christ. It wasn't until two months ago, I don't know, like about two months ago, that I actually became a Christian for the first time in my life that I believe. And um, I think that's a very powerful thing because... You know, I was in church for a very long, large portion of my life, and that doesn't make you a Christian. Uh, while in my depression, uh, struggling with being an agnostic, I had a great family with a great support system. I didn't realize it at the time because I was a brat, but nonetheless, I did. And uh, they were the people that pulled me through everything. Um, it's been a really big struggle, but... I know I would never have made it through that on my own. That's, I didn't want to say it's been a big struggle. And I made it woo and like brag on myself because I'm only here to brag on God because I would have done none of this through him without, if it weren't for him. There we go. Cool words. I'm not the valedictorian. Um, <laughs> so glad you went before me. Um, my three really big points that I'd like to hit on are that, sorry, are that. There you go. Um, you have no reason to be anxious because Christ has you in the palm of his hands. First um, Peter 5, 6, and 7. I got like eight bookmarks in here. Hold up. I'm going to find it, I promise. Okay, here we go. Y'all ready? Y'all ready for some, some Bible? Okay. <laughs> um, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God so that at the proper time he may exalt you, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. That, uh, that verse has always been a very powerful verse to me because, you know, it's, sometimes it seems like the Bible isn't just something that we can just, you know, always go to and have like a word-for-word -word explanation of what we're dealing with. But for me it was, with anxiety. It said it clear as day that I had no reason to be anxious because God was holding me. God had me. Um... My second point would be, um, just like Warren said with the drama, there's no reason to drown yourself in uh, unnecessary negativity. And those of you that know me know I preach this with all my heart. I, it took me a long time to realize it, but now I've gotten to the point where if God does not put you in the situation to do something about the negativity, which he may, he, and you know, under those circumstances it's good, but with drama in high school, you know, God's not putting you in that situation to resolve the issue, you know. Um, you need to rid yourself of the youthful passions, like we talked about last week. Or not last week, sorry, the week before that I wasn't here. Um, <laughs> I was sick. Anyways, um, 
it's the youthful passions and the negativity that come from those that uh, ensue from those that cause us to uh, fall and um, put space between ourselves and Christ. And those are the things that we really need to get rid of in our life. I got a verse for that too. I got to find it. Um, it's James 4, 1 and 2. It says, uh, what causes quarrels and what causes fights among you? Is it not this, that your passions are at war within you? You desire and do not have, so you murder, you covet. You, can't, uh, you covet what you cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. And do not have because you do not ask God. It's reasons like that. It's when we let, when we let our lust and our passion, our hatred and our self-servient minds um, when we let those run free, that's when the unnecessary negativity builds up to a very unhealthy level. And that's when we really need to rein in and realize that we don't need that in our life. We need Christ and Christ alone. All right, next. Um, you know, this past year has been a really proud moment for me because I've been, I've come to be known as David Moeller, the guy who loves with all his heart. And... I love that statement, honestly, because if I could ask for one thing, it would be that. It wouldn't be to be homecoming king, to be cool, to be known, to have the light-up shoes at prom. That was me. Um, <laughs> um, I'm, I'm affectionately, known, affectionately known as the guy who loves with all his heart. And I don't mean to brag on myself as that, be, or I don't want it to sound like that because the only reason I love like that is because I know that's how Christ loves me, and we are called to love as Christ loves us. <laughs> um, I have Luke 6.35 for that. And that says, oh man. <laughs> okay. Where is it? I can read, I promise. All right. Okay, I found it. Okay. But love your enemies and do good, and lend expecting nothing in return, and your reward will be great, and you will be sons of the Most High, for he is kind to the ungrateful and the evil. You know, as, as teenagers, it's so easy to just get caught up in the dumb stuff, in all honesty, and that's what it is. Like, you know, video games, sports, uh, the coolest car, the coolest clothes. But when you really get down to it and you start to realize that all that really matters is the love of Christ and your love towards others and helping to express Christ to them, you really start to look on high school with a different outlook. And I pray that honestly, some of you guys, I know you guys aren't all in high school. I pray that those of you that aren't would go into high school with that mentality, that it's not about being cool. It's not about, you know, honestly, it's not about even passing your classes. Like, you know, if you're Elizabeth... Uh, C's are cool for me. <laughs> you, can, you ain't got to have A's to be to love Jesus. But maybe I shouldn't say that. Is that a bad thing to say? I don't know. I'm going to plug it in anyways. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, you know, you don't have to be the smartest to be loved by God. You don't have to be the prettiest to be loved by God. You don't have to be the funniest to be loved by God. And even the prettiest, the smartest, the funniest... They're bloody rags compared to God, but he loves us regardless. So as you go through your high school career, don't think, 
oh, that person's weird. Maybe I shouldn't associate with them, or that guy's too mean. He's a bully. No, you need to think, Christ loved me, and I need to love others with all of my heart. Because if, if I could pray one thing for all of you in this room, it would be that when someone looked at you, they said, it's Noah, the guy who loves with all his heart. It's Elizabeth, the girl who loves with all her heart. It's Tim, the guy who loves with all his heart. And I pray, I pray so much that it's you love Christ with all your heart. But loving with all your heart is a place to start. And if any of you guys need, a, need to know how to love Christ with all your heart, you've got people here for that. The people here like Dan and Stephen and, well, he's kind of here. Anyways, he's there for me. Um, Shep. They're the people that changed my life. Miss Karen, you need to talk to these people because without them, this is this is nothing. This is a room full of kids. It'd be chaos, Lord of the Flies kind of stuff. You guys probably be eating each other. It'd be awful. Um, <laughs> respect your elders. Learn from your elders. One on one discipleship. Start that up. Love God with all your heart. Yeah, rock on. Let's, let's give one more big hand for, for all those that shared tonight. I appreciate that, guys. Appreciate that a lot. And, and why do we do like what's been said we do so they can see our good deeds and they can honor God who is in heaven? It, it points to why... why why do we, we want to go, man, that, that's the guy that loves because, man, because I know that God, he, God loves him and that's how he loves us, you know, that, that's how it works. And, and that is what it's about. But so many times we get caught up in drama that you shared and that can, can wreck your life. I mean, it can just wreck everything. And God is so much bigger than your drama. Let's pray. We've got a little late night. We'll be dismissed. Dear God, I thank you so much just for what was shared. Uh, and just, uh, Lord, this the truth that was there. And Lord, I just ask that you'll help us to be um, pe- people of the book who get into your word, who, who, who love you, who follow you, who seek you, and who shine for you wherever we go. Uh, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.